Welcome. I am your host, Christine, and this is the Self-Esteem Truths Podcast, a podcast about discovering the truth about who we are, why we struggle, and how we can overcome. This podcast is designed to help you transform your life as we dive weekly into new questions about self-esteem truths. Hi, I'm Christine, and this is episode 94. I was talking with somebody the other day about some parenting videos we had seen, and the topic came up about whether or not love was enough. If we just love them enough, they'll be okay. And I started explaining why I felt that not only was that not true, but by simply believing that that was true was actually incredibly detrimental to any relationship. And apparently I was talking about this so passionately that they said this has to be a podcast episode. To be honest with you, I really don't remember if we've touched on this before or not. Even if I have, I'm telling you there will be something new in this episode. So let's get right down to it. Love is not enough. We're going to look at a couple different types of relationships and get to the bottom of why that's true and why this is important for your own relationships. So let's start with what kicked this all off in the first place. Let's look at parenting. The vast majority of parents love their children. There are obviously some exceptions. However, the truth is the vast majority of parents love their children. And yet the vast majority of adults had traumatic childhoods. There were serious flaws in the way they were parented. They are now struggling with the way they view themselves and the world, the way they receive love and process love and show love. So if loving a child was enough, then none of these adults should have those issues. We should only see issues in children raised by parents who are sociopathic or psychopathic and legitimately could hold no love for their children. But that's not the case. That's not what we see. The reality is... If the information that we have is flawed and our own childhood was flawed, then our ability to love, our understanding of what that looks like, our view of healthy parenting, our idea of the important parenting goals can be very skewed. One parent might push their children to get straight A's and be captain of the sports team and date the most popular kid and be super focused on their appearance. Because their childhood and their experiences told them these are the most important things. And for their child to be set up successfully for the future, this is what they needed. And so that parent, out of love, is going to be really hard on that child and push that child to extreme and unreasonable limits because of that. Where another parent might try to be their child's best friend and not have any rules and not bother with structure because their childhood taught them. That being too restrictive damages self-esteem, damages the ability to make choices, damages the ability to be self-aware. And so their way of loving their child is to go to the other extreme and not give their child the structure and stability and habits that they would need to be successful. You see, love is not enough. Love does not stop an overexhausted, stressed out, depressed parent from acting out in anger against their child. Love doesn't stop a parent from saying some really hurtful things that are scarring to that child. 
and love does not give a parent the natural ability to empathize with their child's circumstances and emotions. And it certainly does not give a parent the magical ability to understand the psychological development of each stage of a child's life. A parent that believes love is enough is not going to put any effort into taking a real hard look at their beliefs, their goals, how they believe they're going to get there, and what's best for their child. Let's switch gears and look at the romantic relationship. Somebody in a romantic relationship who believes love is enough, love conquers all, is going to expect that the relationship is going to be relatively easy, that you two should get along, that their partner should just know what they want and need. Their partner should just understand them. And so any experience that they have where their partner does not understand them or did not anticipate a need, where there is a difference of opinion or priority or moral standpoint, that makes them question whether or not there's love there. Now there's fighting, there's disappointment, there's anger and frustration, there's maybe lashing out or emotional games start being played to test their partner or retaliate against their partner, this can be incredibly detrimental to a relationship. Because the reality is, any relationship is two individual people with two distinctly unique pasts, probably different love languages, and most likely different ways of communicating. And that means even healthy relationships, even relationships where you two deeply love each other, it's going to be difficult it's going to take work. You two are going to have to step outside what feels natural and normal to you in order to truly meet your partner where they're at. Just like a parent doesn't magically become an expert at raising children just because they love their child, when you love your partner, you don't automatically become an expert at mind reading and speaking multiple love languages and anticipating needs. That's not how love works. Sure, there's a magical element to feeling love, but it's not that magical. So now what happens? The belief starts to set in that maybe it's not really love, or maybe you love your partner more than they love you, and there's no steps taken to work on themselves, educate themselves, heal themselves, because it's unnecessary, right? Love conquers all. This gets a bit darker, though. If love conquers all... If you don't have to do anything else, then that also means there's no accountability on you for the other things that go wrong. So the problem with this mindset is that then the idea is it's not your fault, right? You loved your child. They grew up having issues and being angry with you and needing therapy and having low self-esteem, but that's not your fault. You loved them. There's no accountability. So then if that child, and probably a lot of you have experienced this, you want to have a conversation with your parent. You want closure. You want to be heard and understood. You want the apology. But they're not going to give it if their thought process is, I loved you. What else did you need from me? I put a roof over your head. I fed you. I clothed you. I loved you. What else did you need? If that's the mindset, there can't be healing. There can't be closure with them a part of it because there's no accountability. And then they're just going to get angry and resentful that you're upset with them when in their minds, what they did was enough. And in romantic relationships, this gets pretty dark too, right? Especially if there's abuse happening. The abusive partner might genuinely love you, 
And because of their personal experiences, they don't know how to healthily show that and how to interact with you without being abusive. But they love you. That should be enough. That should count for something. They're not accountable for what else happens because their traumatic childhood where they weren't loved, but they love you. See how that works? You can't fix that. You first have to break the belief around love being enough. This is also a part of why some people tend to stay in abusive relationships. They love their partner because certainly there are some lovable things about their partner or a history there. And a few things can happen here. The belief might be, if I just love them enough, they'll be able to love me back. If I can love them, I can heal this. If I can fill them up with love, they'll have love to give me. And what might go hand in hand with this is that you know they do love you. And they do. Most likely, they do love you. And because there's this belief there of love is enough, you take the abuse because they love you and they can't help themselves and they didn't mean it. And well, they were traumatized. They had a bad experience as a child or in their past relationship. So I understand where this is coming from. But at least they love me. At least I know at the end of the day, they still love me. The problem with sticking around in these situations is that you're still being abused. You can't just love them out of this behavior. And them loving you does not negate the way they're treating you. Again, love is magical. It's not that magical. It can't magically erase all of these other ugly things that are happening. Love is not enough. And so we see time and time again, individuals staying in relationships that are really, really bad for them because there's love there. And ironically, the thing that erodes when you stay in a situation like that for love is your self-love which just sets you up to need their love even more, which allows you to accept more abuse from them. It's a vicious, vicious cycle, all built on a lie. We've been set up to believe this. It's in all of our romantic movies. It's in our books. It's in our fairy tales. Probably family has told you this. Probably church has told you this. Love is enough. Love is all you need love conquers all, it's lies. It's lies that have taken something beautiful and twisted it in such a way that it sounds good and sets us up for abuse without any accountability of our abuser. It's one of the worst crimes ever committed against love. Even if you're not a Christian, you've probably heard the Bible verse, Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and on and on, right? And this is the type of description that a lot of people will go to to describe love. In fact, it's one of the most quoted verses about love. I want you to spend a moment with me, though, and look at some other verses about love. Love is supposed to be humble, it's supposed to be rooted and established. It's supposed to be devoted. There's the one you've probably also heard. There's no greater love than to lay down your life. And even if you're not a Christian, I still want to break these down with you because I think the end point is important no matter what. A humble love is a love with a willingness to look at yourself, your beliefs, and your actions. A love that is rooted and established 
is a love that has taken on truth, accepted truth, is rooted in truth, and well-established in truth. And even this last one that I gave you, there's no greater love than to lay down your life. You've probably also heard the quote, yes, you're willing to die for someone, but are you willing to live for someone? What is a more powerful way to lay down your life for the people that you love than to take a true look at it, be willing to dissect it, be willing to discard the beliefs and the habits and the behaviors that are not serving you and not serving your loved one. Lay down your past life and start fresh from a healthier, stable place. My favorite Bible verse about love is actually make every effort to add to your faith goodness, being good, and to goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Love is the last step. First, we work on being good, and part of being good is choosing not to be ignorant, right? We have a desire to be good, and then we get knowledge. We learn how to actually be good. And what else do we do? We have self-control. We persevere. We have habits that are healthy. We have behaviors and ways of speaking and communicating that are consistent, even if we don't feel like it. We add godliness to this. Whatever your faith, having a high moral standard of how we interact with people, right? Then we add to that affection. Affection comes after we've done all of the self-work. Affection is a tenderness for somebody else. And I believe this is an important distinction because this isn't a forced emotion. It's not an overwhelming emotion. It's not a compelling emotion. It's a tenderness. You see them for who they are, and you care about what you see. Only then, after you've taken all of these steps, only then do we get to a point where then we can add love. True, healthy, powerful, actually magical love. I'm going to throw one more verse at you that I think is interesting having just gone through that last one. There is no fear in love. So often the way that a person might parent or interact with their romantic partner is fear-based. What they're perceiving as love for that person is stemming from a place of fear, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of not being loved back, fear of your child being picked on or having a hard life, fear that your partner is going to cheat on you or see who you really are. I could go on and on the number of fears that are ruling the types of choices people are making as parents and as partners that has no real foundation in love. They might feel that they're coming from a place of love. They might tell you, I'm doing this because I love you. But that's not what the motivation is. The motivation is fear. And when we are talking about a healthy love, it's not driven by fear. A healthy love is coming from a place of goodness, of knowledge, of self-control, of perseverance and commitment to being consistent from a godliness or moral code, from affection where you genuinely see and care about the other person. Once you have all of those things and have done all of that work and you're in a relationship 
with somebody who has also done all that work and is also healthy. That is where you can be in a place, the ideal place, where love can be patient and kind and not envy and not be proud and not be rude. Why? Because your partner is healthy. They have your back. They're taking care of you. They're in your corner. You don't have to fight the fight. You don't have to take care of yourself. You don't have to protect yourself. You don't have to distrust your partner. When the two of you genuinely are loving each other from a healthy place, you can prevail because you're communicating healthily. There's no attacking each other. Issues aren't being allowed to fester. You're not crossing moral boundaries that cause irreparable harm. These verses about love are the gold standard when both people are fully healthy. So again, I know not everybody here is a Christian or a follower of the Bible. For me, at least, these verses illustrated really well the disparity between what we think love is supposed to be and what love actually is. So I appreciate you allowing me to share it with you in this format. Your goal for this week is to take a look at your own understanding of love. What excuses have you heard? What beliefs might you have? Is there someone in your life right now loving you in an unhealthy way and you needed permission to step out of that? Is there room for improvement with how you love and where your love is coming from? Thank you for taking the time today to examine the truth about love and being brave enough to recognize that love isn't enough. It was such a pleasure sharing this with you today, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.